This is episode 10 of the Top Deck Podcast. I am the FNM legend, Salty J, <laughs> Jesse Green, alongside the IQ winner, two for one, Jimmy Smith. Just trolling me so hard, man. What's not, up? How's everybody doing? <laughs> I'm not trolling, bro. I am so happy we ate. The Top Deck team brought one back, baby. We did. We did. It was a lot of fun. Came through in the clutch. Had a fun time, man. Had a, had a real fun time. Got to uh, get up with Scott. Thank you so much for opening up your house, man, and letting Jimmy and I stay there, have some fun, doing some arena stuff and all that at the house. That blow-up mattress, though, got my neck, bro. <laughs> got my neck. We got to tell the story, man. We got to tell the go story. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. It's so, pretty funny. We're sitting there. Jimmy and I is having to share this blow-up mattress, right? It's a nice size blow-up mattress. Yeah, it's though. a big yeah. one. It's got a headboard and everything. I mean, it's the Mac Daddy. <laughs> Scott, uh, Scott uh, saved no uh, money on the purchases thing. I mean, it is huge, man. So me and Jimmy, I'm sleeping. All of a sudden, I just feel the floor on my back. And I already, I already told and, Jimmy and Scott, I'm going down. Like, I know I'm, I'm going to fall off this thing. Look, anybody who slept on an air mattress when you're on a magic trip, you know when your butt hits the ground that it's, it, wrong. It, it's all going down quick. Don't even start to get comfortable. You might as well get up right then. <laughs> Bro, I look at Jimmy, and Jimmy's already up. He already felt it. I'm like, <laughs> we got a man down. So I start yelling. I'm like, Scott, Scott, Scott. What? What? He's, he's sleeping. You know. I said, we need a giant growth. <laughs> We need to pump up. We need a giant growth. Pump us up. So then Jimmy gets up, starts cranking it up. I'm still staying on there, making sure it's right. Plus, I'm tired, so I ain't getting up. Jimmy Jimmy can do all the work. So Jimmy pumps it back up. We're good, right? Ten minutes later, man down. We're down again. Jimmy says, screws it. He's off the air mattress. He's making a pout on the floor. Yeah. I didn't want to get my hopes up again. Like, I didn't want to think I was getting comfortable and then be in yeah. hammock mode in 30 seconds. Yeah. And so then I'm like, give me one more time. Pump me up one more time. I think you <laughs> I think you left the valve off. So he pumps me up one more time. Well, then I, I hear this little pssst. I'm like, I know there ain't no damn snake in here. So it's got to be this air mattress. So I look, I, I, I start feeling with my hand. It's dark. Ooh, I feel it. AC coming out because it's hot in there. Got me a little AC thing. So I'm like, ooh, if I put my palm or my hand on it, I'll be able to sleep on this thing for a little bit. Y'all laughing out there in radio world, but guess what? That thing stayed afloat for uh, four hours. <laughs> they said whenever they woke up, they saw my hand. It was just chilling around the hole. <laughs> Never moved. Like you're trying to plug up a sinking ship. Got it. Keep yeah. the water from rolling Keep in. the water coming out. So... That was fun. The next night we got some duct tape and all that, and it was good after that. But we had a fun time, man. Yeah, all um, around it was really great. We really enjoyed the shop. Um, oh, all yeah. the people that we met there, all the players were really, really nice. So the shop that it was at, it was at Short Stops Gaming in Palm Harbor, Florida. Which is really close to Tampa. Palm, Yeah, Palm Harbor, Florida. It's close to Tampa. Uh, the owner there, Travis, man, really cool guy. Um, he was real personable with his customers there. They all knew him. When you talked to his player base, man, nobody had anything bad to say about that shop. And let me tell you one thing that was super impressive about that shop, the cleanliness of it. Yes. I love when I go into a, any kind of card shop and I go into the bathroom and there's dude wipes, there's deodorant, yeah. <laughs> all the smell good stuff, a little too for anything. So they had a bunch of singles like from different formats. I was yes. impressed with that. They also had... Um, 
some sporting cards and stuff on the other side. They had other games. They had like Pokemon, Dragon Ball, um, Yu-Gi-Oh, just D&D, stuff like that they had going on there. Um, and the shop was a decent size. It wasn't the biggest one that we went to, but it was big enough. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and what was cool is the location of it, man. There was a uh, restaurant called Glory Days in the same parking lot. So after you got done, you could go have you a beer, go get you some appetizers, whatever you want to do right afterwards, man. It was a good spot. Yeah, the whole like experience, the location, everything, everything was a hit for me. So we show up um, Friday, and we make it for FNM. We thought we were going to be a little bit late, but we made it. And we're both on Boros Feather. We're trying to get the last-minute cards. We Travis, that's another cool thing. Travis put them to the side for us because um, we didn't have them. Didn't even know us. Didn't know us. Scott yeah. hooked it up, too. I'll give you credit, Scott. I know you're going to be listening. <laughs> um, and so we had to get those all sleeved up, do all that kind of stuff. And we did. And I, we were on the same exact 75. Yep. Jimmy and I were. Scott was on Naya. Um, and FNM's rolling around. I start out undefeated. I'm going, uh, what did I get? I got another third round where I lost. So I'm 2-0. I lost to the mirror match, and it was in game three. And honestly, I I removed a feather, and like whenever he went to go cast God's Willing, and then I didn't catch that he kept the God's Willing in his hand. Not saying I would have won there, but I would have had a way better chance there because I, I stabilized. I came back in the game. I had an Aurelia out and was putting pressure on, and he double shot me where I really would have been at seven life instead of four life. Yeah. Um, but then I got – so my pairings were round one, Simic Flash. Um, good. It was three games, good matches. I felt like I knew how to play that because I'd played some Flash decks this season. Um, just be patient with them. If I got board presence out, I don't have to force it. You know, he's got he's got to do something, not me. Won that round. And then round two was Elementals. I felt real good about that matchup. Yeah, I really liked the Elemental matchup. Um, that was a 2-0. And then the game three was a mirror match. Like I said, I lost game three. or uh, Round three, I lost game three. And then round four was Mono Blue, and I just decimated them. Like, 2-0 quick. It was funny because Scott showed a picture of us on um, <laughs> Facebook testing his house. And the guy, which is a cool guy, man, we ended up talking, you know, the day of the tournament and stuff, the IQ. And, um, he posted on there, that guy on the right just kicked my ass in round four. <laughs> um, but he was a cool guy. It was mono blue. And I think that matchup is a fun matchup. Yeah, it can go It can go either way. It's close. And like, I think it really depends on who's on the play, who's on the draw. If Boros doesn't see any interaction, you might as well hang it up. If mono blue tries to be just on the creature plans, they might as well hang it up. Yeah. So it's it's a good time. So I went three and one F and M. Got third place actually. So I got like this special pack promo pack. It was cool. Feeling real good, real good. Um, Jimmy, you went two and two. I went two and two F and M. Yeah. And then not my best F and M performance. Yeah, you're not the F and M legend like me though. No, I'm not. So I mean, I'm a legend. Like I was disappointed in three and one. You know. <laughs> and then Scott went two and two. I think, yeah. but he was on Nexus. I let him play Nexus, and then the the first round. I went to go get the Ceratops and put it in Nexus, but we were rushing so much trying to get our decks ready, I forgot to put them in because they were there with it. And Scott's like, why you give me an unfinished deck for after you lost round one? I was like, what you talking about? You're missing sideboard cards. I was like, no, nah, they're supposed to be Ceratops. He's like, that would have been nice because I just got done playing Mono Blue. It's like, too bad. You're playing Nexus. That's what you get. So then going into um, the IQ, 
after all the bed mishap and all that kind of stuff, I'm still feeling pretty good. Little little uh, drowsy, but I'm, we're making it. You know, the tournament start to one o'clock their time, which was fantastic, man. I was glad we didn't have to oh, get yeah, up early and go do this too. thing. Me too. We went and got some good breakfast. It was yep. it was good. Scott knows all about that. What was that jam? That that berry uh, compote. Berry compote. <laughs> knows all about it. Different story for a different day. Um, so go in and I get paired up with Mono Red. Round one, I'm like, this is if you match up. It's one of those matchups. It's like a coin flip. You gotta you know play really well and you gotta see the cards you need to see. And game one, he just had like the mono red draw, and I couldn't never stabilize. I didn't see much removal. Game two, I got it. You know, I was very aggressive, was able to get some removal out. And then game three came, and I had the hand that was the creatures, a spell, and land. And I'm like, I can't, there's no way I can mulligan this. I just need to draw into stuff that I need. Like, there's no way, like, if I mulligan this, I'm taking the chance of getting something way worse. And I just never saw any removal that game at all. And he ended up taking it. And then I got paired with Bant Element Elementals in round two. It went to game three also. Had to mold a five in game three. Pulled it out. I'm like, all right, we're still in it. I'm still positive. You know? <laughs> still in the game. Because I felt like the mono-red matchup was just like a coin flip. It could have went either way, and I just didn't see my card, so I was fine with that. So then I get paired in round three. I got Soul Tie Elementals. Wild Growth Walkers, all that kind of stuff. As soon as I saw Wild Growth Walker, I was like, this is going to be harder than the red version. Oh, for sure. For sure. Anything um, with the Explorer package and they're gaining all that life. And Wild Growth Walker can just get out of hand so quick. like Out of range out of, yeah. for rage and all yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one one Jaylight Ranger is so much value. And let's be real. When they play Wild Growth Walker on turn two, we know what's coming on turn three. Yeah. The, the Ranger. Yeah, Jaylight Ranger. I need to explore a couple times. I'm just just here passing by. I just want to explore and see what's going around. Just, just you know what? The first time was good. Let's do it again. Let's explore again. <laughs> um, so he got game one there. I got game two. Felt good. I boarded in what I like baffling in stuff like that. Um, when I had, I thought I had a really good game plan. Um, I wanted to get his life total down as fast as I could because of um, Command the Dread Horde. I knew that that was going to be in the deck. And also, I didn't want to be like trying to get rid of Yark, 3-5 Death Touch Lifelinker guy, plus triggers everything twice. I was like, I'm that I'm the beatdown deck here. I got to go, you know. Yeah. Um, I kept a double clifftop retreat pan in game three with a lava coil and a shock. On the draw. On the draw. Because I felt like the lava coil was that important in the matchup. And I said, you know what? I need it. To win one of these things, to, to get where I want to be, I need a little luck. That's what was going on in my head. And I said, if I do draw a mountain, a plains, or a sacred foundry, then I think I'm going to win this game. Because I'm going to take that lo that lava coil right to Wild Ruth Walker's Dome. And I had stuff after that to do. It wasn't That just wasn't just a play. I had like feather and other st like a two drop in my hand. I had things to do in that hand. And so I ended up keeping, didn't draw it. He went Wild Growth Walker, J-Light Ranger, Cavalier, like, just, okay, man, you got it. Um, it was a mistake not to mulligan there. I got greedy, and yes, Lava Coal is important in that, but I could have got a hand that was a little bit more aggressive and maybe probably drew into something, like a baffling in, and been in a better position. 
So I think we should we should have played more baffling ends. Baffling end was really good in our deck. Yeah. In our, in our board. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then I'm like one and two. We're pretty sure four and two is not going to get there. But I want to play it out because at then though I didn't even know that they were going to pay out top sixteen. Yeah. Which is fine. Which is cool. But I wanted to get have a four and two tournament just to say you know what I started off one and two but I bounced back. Get paired up with anti feather. <laughs> Soul tie control. Soul tie control. Jeff Hoogland list. If you don't know what that is, go to jeffhoogland.com. It's his list, and it is basically like anti creature meta. Uh, disfigures, Assassin's Trophies, Ritual Soot's Main, Drawn from Dreams, um, both Cavalier, the Blue Cavalier, and Kefnitz. So you think about you're playing Boris Feather and you got to stare down Kefnitz and the Blue Cavaliers that are Flyers um, with all the removal that he's packing. It's pretty tough. I mean, um, that matchup I got really frustrated with because I was like, I kind of lost to a rogue deck. And I was disappointed that that's what I lost to, really. So I came out, I ain't gonna lie, I was a little hot. I didn't show that to my opponent. I never will do that to my opponent. I'll shake his hand, good game, and then I'll walk out and, you know. Yeah, vent. Be, yeah, I'm, I'm more mad at myself than anybody. Yeah. And like so, I'm sure every Magic player has done a thousand times. Yeah, and then, like I said, I never want to be like that to, towards the opponent. I actually talked to the guy afterwards, like, because he actually made top eight. Yeah. And so I talked to him afterwards, and we were here and we were laughing. And I was looking at his list and talking and having a good time and stuff. It was just at that moment, like, man, I know that I, I'm one in three in this tournament. Like, for me, that's not my standards. Yeah, I feel you. I man. felt like I'm better than that. And I had a good showing for FM there, which is FM. I get it. But you still want to do good. Oh, yeah. Um, and we were trying to see how the meta was and all that kind of stuff. And for me to go, us go in there blind and for me to be, really be, could have been undefeated, but I missed that God's willing thing and go three and one. Like the players there were kind of respecting us because they, the way we were playing, they knew that we knew how to play magic. Yeah. Um, and to go one and three by some matchups, I felt like maybe I shouldn't have. Just I disappointing. Playing. Yeah, it's it super disappointing. Um, but this list after like, talking to him a little bit i looked at it and then after i looked at it i didn't feel bad anymore no this this deck was designed to prey on creature decks for sure yeah and i think feather might have been the one that got hurt the most by this deck oh yeah it just seemed like all the cards were so good so that was my fnm experience my uh, iq experience now everybody everything that everybody wants to hear <clears throat> the man the myth the legend the iq <laughs> winner we finally got one jimmy smith how do you first of all? How did you feel about the deck, man? You know, I tested it a little bit on Arena whenever we were talking about it. Uh, so, what made you come up with like, you know what? I think I might want to play Feather. Um, I tested it, and I felt like the deck was really, 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 really good. Yeah. Some of the some of the plays, you know, when you can just scry and filter through your deck and just keep drawing cards when did you and, start testing it after i texted you and was like hey i'm thinking yeah. feather yep and then you just lead it up and you're like yeah i'm gonna get some games in with it mm-hmm and i was just gonna like just kind of see how it went and I well really, you tested with it and then you text me and you're like this deck's busted yeah <laughs> yeah there's some games where you don't even need feather to win and I, and I feel like when i first started playing it i was just playing it bad and still winning yeah so when you play it bad and you're still winning good things can yeah. happen 
definitely. So F and M, how do you feel about the F and M going in? I mean, we, let's not delve into that too much because you won the IQ. Let's talk about that. But how do you feel? They had a pretty good crowd there. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, there was a lot of tier decks there too. Oh for sure. So I felt like it was good testing, and the players were pretty decent. Yep. Um, going into IQ, how'd you feel after I, going two and two that night? You know, I sometimes I feel better when I lose a lot right before. Because I feel like you tighten your game. Yeah, up, yeah. So. I feel like I learn more when I lose versus if I just go in and like steamroll. I don't really feel like I learned too much from that. Yeah. So and then I, we got some testing in that. We night did. Too. Yeah, yeah. Right afterwards. So I feel like it when I lose a few games before and I kind of get outplayed because I don't really know how the decks supposed to function yeah then i can pick up on how to play it better you know like we got some mirror matches in with it um on paper that night and then we saw scott was playing arena so we got to see some different matchups that there as well um round one round one was against simic flash which is one of those that games we actually that we saw yep, scott playing yep and that we tested you know that we tested on arena right before and it, i mean just how you said if you can get something out like underneath the first counter spell and just leave that dude and just apply pressure, then they eventually have to react and then then you react and then it's just a whole yeah. like it's just a tempo game. You yep. want to keep the tempo up and I that was awesome that Scott played that matchup because whenever all three of us were together putting we, our heads down. We all had different ideas on <laughs> You like, and Scott had similar ideas of like I need to play this, I need to do this and I was like, No, no, no. You just hold yeah. back. You got two dudes down right now. They're two twos, but that's four power. He can, you can keep on saying go, and he can keep on saying go, and guess what's going to happen? He's going to lose. Oh, yeah. And so we got him down to seven life, and then he had to start flashing stuff in, like main phasing stuff. <laughs> and I, it was too late then. Yep. And so that for you and Scott, it was like, oh, I didn't know that's how that matchup could go. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to play something into their damn counter spells. Oh, no. Saying go and making them like burn their turn can sometimes be way better yeah. than trying to get the counter spell out of their hand. If you have something on the ground applying pressure and you just say go and they untapped, that's the whole, I mean. Like, okay, yeah. uh, we can do this the whole game. <laughs> and, like, even if they do flash in a Mystic to block, okay, then you can shock. Yep. And that's still a tempo swing for you, even if they get to untap and go, because they don't want to play on that main phase. Because if you do, they tap out, then you can remove again. And so... What being the Simic Flash player, what I would have actually done is a lot of times they value the two one. I would actually, if I got a Legionnaire coming in and my Boris uh, Feather player is tapped out and he's swinging in on me, I'll flash in my two one guy and just block. Oh yeah, I trade, trade up it. there because what I want to do is that's a tempo win for me. Now you have to tap out and play another guy. And I can do whatever I want to do then, but my end goal is to have your board cleared. After counter spells or whatever, and then play my wolf and let my wolf do work. Yep. Um, fun matchup. I think Feather's probably favored in that matchup if you play it right. What yeah, was your? You, yeah, you definitely have to play it right. Yeah. What was your round two? Round so, two. So was, did you go two zero on that one, or did you go two one? Two one. Two one. Yep. Um, the next one was mono blue. Mono blue. And that's a tricky one. And that was actually Scott's friend that yes. you played against, right? Yeah. Yep. It was a really fun match. The guy was really good at playing the deck. You could tell he'd been playing it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and game three, I got pretty lucky. I had two Legionnaires. He had a uh, Terramander 
Five five. Five five. Yep. And I'm at six, and he has a Cerulean Drake too, and I had to just play my feather to block. Um, the Terramander. Yeah, the Terramander, and then I draw. Oh, he had two of the Storm Chasers out too. Yeah. He's at seven too. Like he's pretty low, and so I go into attack, and, and he you're block. at five. Are you at seven? I'm I mean? at six. Six or six. seven? Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. No six because it was lethal. Okay. So I attack with uh, both my Legionnaires, and he blocks with two Storm Chasers. Blocks them both. And then I my top deck was a Fry. Fried the Terramander. Fried the Terramander. But go back to what happened in that sequence, because this is what this podcast is about, right? So my you set that, that block up. You wanted him to block, because that was your only chance to win this game. If he doesn't block, you lose. No, I can still fry the Terramander. But you're not feeling good. You still got yeah, some, yeah. some creatures out. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Like, I needed him to, like, quit applying so much pressure to me. So you needed him to double block. That's yeah. what you Oh, really yeah, I needed to get those guys off the table. Because sure. if he didn't block, no, that's what happens. If he doesn't block and you go to fry the Terramander, you just, they just, well, they can't counter. It's not counter. Yeah. So you were just going to fry the Terramander, then he's going to be left with three dudes. Yeah. So you wanted him to block. So how did you set that up? I attacked with both creatures. I know, but you had to set something up. You had your little count, like like Matt. There, there is bluffing involved in Matt. Oh yeah, yeah. I definitely took it. Took a few seconds to think about it and counted a little bit and yeah. made it believable. Yes, like you that, might kill him if he doesn't block. Yes, 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 for sure. All right. So, did you think he misplayed there? You know, at first I did, and then I don't think he. I think he was almost. I think he. I think he should have blocked one. Maybe. That's what I would have done. Yeah. I would just would have blocked the one. Yeah, because I don't think I could have killed him with any spell with the two power guy. Yeah. But the three power guy might have been because I had two cards. Because the in way my hand. you told me about this matchup, he was going to kill you on the swing back. Yeah, I thought. He, well, I thought he might have been able to. I forgot how the siren worked. I thought it was like a hexproof ability, but it's not. Yeah, it's, it's a, a counter. counter. Yeah. yeah. And fry dive down. Yeah, fry, and I thought it was like the same thing. I thought it was. I just knew it saved their dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't know. Just block. Let's fry. I'm getting yeah. out of here. Um, so now you're two zero. Yep. Played Simic Flash. Played Mono Blue. You've been playing those matchups. What we got in round three? Round three was a spicy one, and actually, I got pretty lucky on this one. Let's put Mono Black Control. Mono Black Control. Yeah. I have seen a list pop up. Um, I think Reed Duke might have. Did an article on it, Channel Fireball. When we asked the guy about the list, he had like he didn't know, like he just built the deck or whatever. But there was a list on Channel Fireball about mono black control. And it was pretty spicy. Um, he was playing like Dreadhorde Invasions, Playcrafters, a lot of hand disruption. So if he would have hit his land drops, it would. Did you played. get game one? Or he got game one? I got game one um, and game two. Because his mana just didn't work so out 2-0. for him. Yeah, yeah, it was just a two zero. How bad does that feel, man? Whenever you're playing a monocolored deck and your mana doesn't work for you, I know. Game and one, everybody else is being greedy with the mana. Base. I know. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Really, so. like game one, he had like swamp into like duress, and then it was like blast zone, and he like duress me again, and then it was like blast zone. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, 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 attack. He couldn't really just. And then you like when we're outside talking to him, you're like, "Man, I really like that Dread Presence card. I was surprised you weren't running his deck." And he's like, "No, there's four of them." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so mono black control. Now we're three zero. Yep. 
Now we now you and I are talking, and it's like, man, if you go four zero here, you're probably drawing in. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you can double draw in. <clears> so we felt point. like that, you know, guaranteed winning in. <clears throat> so what do we get round four? Uh, the mirror, feather mirror. Naya she or was Naya. She was Naya. She was Naya. Yes. And that one's a that one's a scary one to play against. Yeah, it is. You really have to know, like, you really have to maneuver around. Like, you're a turn faster, I think. Than the Naya version. But if they get their, if they start the doing engine. their thing, the engine yeah, the working. engine starts rolling, it's, it, you're not really coming back. So, and that's, so many cards. This is why we decided to go for the Boros uh, version over the Naya. My, my heart was saying Naya all the way. But my head said Boros because I wanted the consistency of it. Um, and I felt like it was a little quicker instead of having to be like a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and she definitely took damage from her lands. Yeah. I think she took between four and six both games from her lands. And I didn't want to do that in a meta that Mono Red just wanted to open. And that was one reason why I decided, you know what, I'm not going to go Naya. But I think I really think if I would have said Jimmy, I think Naya is the best one. We probably both would have been on it. Oh I mean, yeah, for sure. But I was like, yeah, I mean, the power level is definitely higher than the Boros. Yeah, like the things that you can do, and what I what I've seen other people do with that deck is just it's crazy. It, it's it, like it can get on a track where it's like you're playing modern. And oh yeah, for sure. And, and uh, she had some spice in that list. She did. What was the spice? Gutter snipe. Gutter snipe. Yes. So every time she pumped her dude or reckless raised or anything, like she was doing four damage to you four. a turn. Well, it's two, but she had two of them out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was rough. I definitely. So you got game one. You yep. said you were at like one or two life though when you. When oh you yeah, I mean both games. I was down. I was down below five life both games. And it was really really close. Game two. I think that you just drew some good cards, but you, you outplayed her a little bit. Yeah. Um, my removal spells lined up uh, really well with what she was doing, and then I was able to play an Aurelia and that she just couldn't deal with. I, yeah. had, I had it with, like, a Vanguard out, and I was given the pump in the Vanguard. and Well, and, and two, you had some more experience on her. Like, y'all both have Vanguards out, and you go to attack. She blocks. you like, I'm passing priority. And she's, What? Uh, it's your own priority now. Do you have any effects? No. Okay, well, they're done. <laughs> yeah. You know where, as somebody else might know that and go, I'm going to take the four or I'm going to use a spell there or something. Like, yeah. you know. I mean, I would prefer to have done something. Yeah, 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 for sure, <laughs> for sure. I mean, we were doing that in testing. Yeah. Me and you were laughing about it because I would be like, attack. I was like, you have any effects? And you're like, no, I'm passing priority. I'm like, they're dead. Because <laughs> uh, Adanto, man, is really like, he's a love-hate relationship yes. in the mirror match. Because on one hand, he's indestructible because all these spells are flying around, right? And if you can keep one on the battlefield and they don't have one, then you feel an advantage. But at the same time, you can't just be going around and taking all the life. <laughs> I mean, I think I mean really just once. You do it once. It's I mean, I did twice. it twice. I was doing it twice, it, man. It, it's, it, and it, it, you living on the edge. And I won. I won those games, but I had a game plan to why I was doing it, and so it worked out for me. But it is you got to know what you're doing. Um. So then we're four zero. Yep. 
And that, did that game go three games, or was it just no, two? No, it games? was two. It, it was, was two. Yep, it was two. So now we're 4-0. Yep, and du- double draw in. It starts storming. I mean, it's oh, like it a damn tropical storm hurricane there. And my truck's out in the parking lot. I'm like, we're going to go get some Chick-fil-A, man. Let's go get some Chick-fil-A. Let's, let's get you... Get you, you know, pumped up. Get some energy. Get some fuel going. Jimmy goes to walk out on rain. I was like, no. I need you fresh today. <laughs> you just stay right here. Let me go ahead and take one for the team. I need it anyway. Just let it rain on me. One in three Jesse. Just let it rain on me. Go out and get the truck. Pick you up. We go to Chick-fil-A. By the way, Chick-fil-A, macaroni and cheese coming in August, baby. Coming soon. Mac, mac and cheese. We love it. Mac and cheese. Chick-fil-A. All right. Chick-fil-A, if you're listening, I, we will appreciate a sponsorship. Just call <laughs> us anytime. Um, so we go come back. We're looking, and you just double draw in. Yep. St- you stay the one seed the whole time, even after the double draws. Yes. So we're feeling good. You know, we talked about a couple plays that you could have maybe done different. Mm-hmm. And actually, since I ended up dropping, I watched a little bit of it so I could tell you some things afterwards. Like, you did miss a couple, like, scribe triggers with God's willing. I know. There's so much um, going on. Whenever whenever you're playing and you're trying to, like, get all your stuff back, you don't realize, like, how many scries and drawing cards and then remember to, like, get your cards back. And there's, and there's a time where you could have probably killed the guy earlier. A turn yeah. earlier than you did against Elementals that I saw the play and you led with a Rabble Master or mm-hmm. not Rabble Master, I always call him Rabble Master, the War Boss instead. Um, so round one, top eight. What's your mindset like going in? You don't went four zero. You got the double draw. I'm feeling good. We got Chick Fil A. Yeah, Chick Fil A. I'm feeling fresh. I, I am. I'm feeling. I'm feeling pretty good. You feel like it's your tournament to lose at that point. Like yes. you're going for the win. What you get paired up with? Elementals. Uh, team or elementals of the red variety. Yes, All the right. Omnath, Shivan Reefs, not Shivan Reefs, is it? Shivan Reefs. No, no it's uh, Ru- what is the damn card? It is Reef. Hold on, I'll let you know in just a second. Keep on talking about the matchup. Uh, but he was playing the Green Cavaliers, the five six with Reach. Uh, I think he had one blue one in there, Nissa. I mean, it was. I mean, there's so many different variants of that deck that it's just, it's hard to kind of pinpoint what they're all doing. Yeah. But he had some, like, he was on the Cavalier plan and Nissa's and um, the Green X finale. Yeah, yeah, the finale of uh, Devastation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the Green finale. Yeah. Um, How many games did that go? Two. Went two. Yep. Whenever I came around, you were having to deal with some big bodies. Yes, I I was able to maneuver. Game one, I fought through three of the Green Cavaliers and the Blue Cavalier. Nissa. I mean, I was I was put, I was putting in work. Feather was good. Feather was in overtime that game. Overtime. <laughs> Didn't know what hit him. No, I was I was um, able to like change some spells and get them back and just. You know, basically work off those three spells the whole Risen time. Risen Reef. Risen Reef. That's it. Shivan um, Reef. I play too much Blue Red. Yeah, I know. Shivan Reef. I'm like, <laughs> that's a Blue Red land, bro. That ain't no elemental. Um, so you got it 2-0. Um, yeah, game two. That's um, the match that I said you probably could have killed him a turn yeah. earlier. Well, he got stuck on mana. 
a little bit. Had his O three elemental out. Mm-hmm. Didn't I don't I don't feel like you wanted to give that guy up because he had to have the mana, and so you could have just like, God's willing, pumped your guy and killed him. Yeah, for, for exactsies. Um, and if he did block, okay, he blocked, and then you just knock out a mana guy. Round two, top eight, top four, top top four, yeah. Top four is against mono red. Mono red, fifty fifty matchup, I think, in my opinion. I think maybe feathers like a little bit favored, but I don't think it's by much. It's just because so much removal, and you do have some. Yeah, you definitely ha- you definitely have to draw the right part of the deck, though. Yeah, you know, yeah. I did notice. You know, with feather, sometimes it. Sometimes it feels like you're playing a draft deck. Yeah, like if you, if you get if there's certain cards, certain hands that you get where you're just like, <laughs> I don't like know how this I is gonna get there. I read the first round in game one. I had the two Adanto hand. Yeah, but I'm in the blind. I don't know what I'm playing against, and you have to keep it. It's Adanto spells and lands. Yeah, and so that's why I lost. You know that was bad, but you kind of knew the guy was on mono red. So yeah, you knew. You know I need to keep this or I don't. So how did game one go? Game one was close. He got a Chandra Spitfire out. We were, we were like making some trades. Um, How actually, impressed were you with Chandra Spitfire, like playing against it? It actually was a little, a little underwhelming. Really? Yeah. Because I feel like I well mainly because he was under the pressure at that point. Like I had vanguards out. Yeah. Like coming in. And you were playing with your life total. Yeah. I did, I Play, did, literally playing I, with I, fire. I, I, did, I did pay more life to keep my Vanguard alive. <laughs> so you're playing against Monterey. You got game one. Yep, got game one. Uh, game two didn't go that great for me. I was I was on a like mold of five, I think yeah. five or six, and I had to keep a. I mean, it had two. Sh- I think it had um, two reckless rage, but I had a um, the Arcanist. Yeah. The Arcanist out. So I was like, oh, if I can get this guy to stick, then I can kind of like maneuver, but he got I mean, lightning every, struck. We know he's like, yeah, yeah, he's a light, he's a lightning rod. As soon as yeah. he comes in, people take him out. So I didn't get that one. Uh, game three, I was on the play. Um, my hand's pretty decent. I have like shock, land, two dudes. This is about whenever I start walking around. Yeah, yeah. I came to the table and watched. And I look at the mono red player's hand, and it's straight up gas. Oh yeah. There's only one problem. He's stuck on he's stuck on two lands, which isn't terrible, but he's not in two spell a turn territory. Yeah, that's the problem. Like he can't like shock my dude and like play a dude or Or like he can't respond to your God's willing. Yes, like, he exactly. Can't do that. He was just like in a real like weird position while like on the back foot, like while I'm attacking in. And whenever I came around, he, he lit up the stage and then lit up the stage again. Yeah, still didn't find a land. Didn't find it, and I was like, This game's over with. Yeah. I was just able to kind of snowball after that and he like he like played tried to get a lava coil one of my guys after he didn't draw land off the light of the stage and I had the gods willing yeah, right then he probably knows you have it but he's forced to do it because he has oh yeah for sure and then when I drew it was another gods been willing. there done that and at that point I I kind of feel like I had it locked up when I drew so then you got so you beat Mono Red now we're going to the finals going to the finals guaranteed invite yep only problem is only problem is, is I'm s- looking over and it's Naya Feather versus. Anti-Feather, this is what we call the deck, by the way, it's Anti-Feather. It is Jeff Hoogland's list, if you are listening right now. It's Jeff Hoogland's Sultai uh, Kefnet Yeah, Kefnet deck. Control deck. Um, go look it up online, but for this podcast purposes, we're calling it Anti-Feather. Yeah, we sat there and watched this dude smoke like three feather decks. and smoke not even me. And not even close. 
I mean, they the were closest just, that he was was against me at six life. Yeah, but I mean, everybody. I mean, he two owed all his feather opponents. Yeah. Like it was like nothing. And Dis- like she I mean, was confident whenever she went to go play. I'm like, we're playing it out. Like, oh yeah, she was super confident, and it wasn't even close. No. So I'm trying. I'm explaining this deck to you, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, I see it. He, like we were talking outside with the guy, and that's how I found out it was Jeff Hoogan's list. All this other kind of stuff. And so I look online, and I, after I saw the list, how I was salty earlier. I really wasn't salty because I was like, "There's no way I was winning this match." Yeah, like I mean, he, he would short, have short of, short of mana screwed or something like that. If the decks both did what the decks are supposed to do, I was not going to win. No, it's like eighty twenty. It felt like. Yeah, I mean, it felt so so bad. So these these guys were actually asking me to split the whole time. Well, I'm I'll, sitting there. I'll show you the list before you're playing the guy, and you're like, "Uh, what's the game plan here?" And I told you what I thought, <laughs> and I was like, "Your best chance is." I felt like was going super aggro and then boarding in Gideon's and just trying to make your threats diverse. And it still didn't look good. No, not at all. They've been asking you to split since top eight. Yep. Jimmy, you going to split? We didn't come here to split. Nope. Get, get, to the, get to the finals. My man with the feather killer says, you want to split? 300 each? You can have the win? Got him. Got him. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Where do I sign up? <laughs> Where can I put my John Hancock down? Yep. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and take the picture now. <laughs> and we were both like, he's got to know you're on Feather. Oh, yeah. I was sitting there playing right beside and him. If, if, if and he it just, was, if it was you, you ain't splitting. Oh, if it was the other way around, I'm not splitting at all. No, you I'm already know. That, yeah, I'm taking that 400 and that 2-0 in 15 minutes and walking out the door. Like, you would have been like me. Like, okay, I'm playing against a black deck. Here's an Adanto. Yeah. I feel okay about it, right? Indestructible. Until my man taps one swap and goes disfigure. Yep. That's what happened to me. Two Adantos down. Oh, yeah. He was playing like I mean, three disfigures. Yeah, ritual, ritual suits, man. Assassin trophies, cabinets. I, mean, I mean, it was uh, the Neg 5, Neg 5 cards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like removal.deck. And, and then, then his threats were flying big dudes. So yeah. it's like Feather couldn't even... They were both five toughness flyers. Yeah. And so then I'm thinking, you know what? Well, maybe his sideboard's more geared towards Control because Control's got to be a hinders. Like, super bad matchup for this guy. I'm looking on JeffHoogland.com and I'm not seeing the duresses and the stuff like, like that that you would think. There's even more removal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It was like Jeff Hoogland was like, Oprah, removal here. You get some removal. You get some removal. Feather, you get some removal. More boss, you get some removal. uh, Cast downs, more disfigures. I mean, it was just so much. Feather, removal for you. War boss, removal for you. Steam can, here's some removal for you. Elementals, Risen Reef, removal. It was just like removal.deck, man. And the single most handling thing that impressed me the most out of that deck, though, was, yes, it was geared towards the creature meta. He made a hell of a call, okay? That was a great meta call for what was going on there. Oh, for sure. Props. He didn't see Simic Nexus all day. He didn't see Esper Control all day. He just ran through creature creature decks. Props. But Drawn of Dreams, you heard it here on Top Deck Podcast. Go pick them up now. Oh, yeah. Revealing it off Kefnet. And paying two blue. Draw, draw seven, seven cards, pick two of them. Dig through time. Yep. And here's the thing. Even when he was paying four. Oh, yeah. It was still super good, man. It was like, I felt so far behind 
whenever he picked up seven cards. Oh, yeah, especially when you're, like, making trades. You're, like, play a dude, and then, like, kill it, play a dude, kill it, da 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 you're all each doing your thing. Then he's like, let me look at the top seven and yeah. pick two. And then if he picks another one of those, it's seven more. Yeah. And it, it was, like, that card impressed me the most out of anything. I think that there's going to be, especially after rotation, that card is going to see massive play in blue decks. You pro- you're already seeing it in some Simic decks right now. You're already seeing it in some Soul Tide decks. The card's excellent. Yeah, and if you can... I you mean, pick we, them up we were for talk- a dollar right now, you need to go get them. We were talking about just like, you know, in blue-white. Yeah. You, know, you like plush your Teferi and a turn. Dig through time. Yeah. Chemistry's inside, Isn't get out of here. Dig through time was banned, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, we're, g- we're able to do this at instant speed, folks, and standard. Like, yeah, dig through time was an instant. This is a sorcery, but if you got little Teferi out, you, you're playing a banned card yep. in standard, okay? Um, so, all in all, my man won the tournament. We're going to Roanoke. That's right. I got to get my invite. If not, I'm going to be coach. Coach Jesse. Be coaching you up on the sidelines. So, we got a couple more opportunities for me to try to pick up that invite before November. That's the game plan for sure. Right now, we're going to be focused on going to Vegas, though. That's the next big thing that we're doing. And if y'all do want to support us on these trips, I have put up a link on the podcast now. Any donations that y'all have, man, if y'all enjoy listening to us, it would be appreciated. Oh, definitely. Even if it just pays for a meal when we're out of town, yeah. dude. You don't even know how much we would appreciate you guys for that. Um, we just hope that y'all enjoy the content, enjoy the story, and the exciting news about the sponsorship coming up, man, Next, starting next month, I'm super excited about but if y'all do want to look at that link, it's now posted. We had to wait some episodes to do it, but it's now live. You can donate to the channel, um, and it's going to help us when we're traveling. That's basically what we're going to use the money for. We're going to use it for stay, for food, and all that kind of stuff. That way we can keep on giving y'all quality content. So there were some big announcements. Not, not just the announcement of Jimmy Smith winning the IQ. There was big announcements from Wizards. We got... The throne of Eldorain. That's what I'm going to call it anyway. <laughs> I don't know if it's Eldorain. I don't know if it's... What do you call it? Eldoraini. <laughs> the throne of Eldorain. Alright. The new set, bro. The first one in magic history, I think, that's about fairy tales and like Camelot and stuff like that. That is going to be pretty dope. I know. It makes me feel like Gideon died a little soon. I feel like this would have been his... Like coming out, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a knight. I know That's what he does, man. Maybe we'll get a new, a new white light. Yeah, maybe he'll be like like somebody who looked up to Gideon or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the whole story. All I'm seeing is the art for this set looks friggin' amazing. The art looks it does look tremendous. really cool. They also came out with announcements of how they're gonna be doing booster packs now, like draft packs, collector packs. The collector packs it might be a cash grab. But I think they're pretty cool. They're cool, and there are there's gonna be people who want just those cards. Oh, de- oh, definitely. Like if I'm playing this planeswalker, I gotta have the the pimp version of it. Mm-hmm. So, all four, all four of them. <laughs> Let me get all four of them. Um, so this set looks pretty cool. They did spoil the card today. Um, I want to talk about this card just for a little bit, and we will do a whole spoiler segment whenever the official spoilers release. I just don't want to talk about cars that are spoiled and it's supposed to be somebody's card that they're supposed to like get on their channel or something like that because I respect that because I stream myself. 
Um, but this guy's name is Chulane Teller of Tales. And it looks like we're going back to shard, like the shards. Could be. So it's Bant, which is blue, white, green, two colorless. Legendary creature. He's a 2-4. Vigilance. Whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card, then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. That's already busted. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty good. So, you're talking about being getting card advantage plus land mana advantage. That's already good. The 2-4 body, pretty good. Yep. Like, yeah, Lava Coil. Lava Coil is going to be in, right, still? I don't think so. I think Lava Coil is... I don't know for sure. Anyway, four body is pretty good. It dodges some removal spells. Um, and here's the other kicker. Pay three, tap it, return target creature you control to its owner's hand. So this is exciting for me because I think that um, anytime they have this type of effect in magic, yeah, Lava Coil is going to stay. So it is going to eat a Lava Coil unless you pay the three and you just return it to your hand so any like this guy with hydrocrasis i'll pay three let me put my hydrocrasis back in my hand i need to draw some more cards oh yeah and by the way i'm gonna draw an extra one too because it's a creature <laughs> and put some more land down yep um the only problem with this guy that i see is he is a five drop and the five drop it, there's a in, lot of good five standard drops. right now five drop is just like the cream of the crop it's like the ufc back in the day light heavyweights like the whole division stacked. Like there's some super good cards everywhere, but you can only play a couple of them because the ones that are, you're playing are just busted, whereas the other ones are just very good. And they got Cavaliers now that see them play. There's just so much five drops. Nissa. Um, now, being in bank colors, Mr. Teferio, Hero of Dominaria, is going to be gone. Yep, that's true. So that Which look, I have to say I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, he's yeah, been, for sure. He's been in the format But for this so long. guy right here seems like he can fit into a mid-range or a control shell, in my opinion. I like him more in a mid-range deck because I want to play dudes to draw a card. Yeah, no doubt. But I'm just saying, you play some... Bank control was a thing back in the day, right? And you played Thragtus and you played... Uh, Resto Angels. Can you imagine if they brought back Thrag Tusk? I don't even want to go there. <laughs> and look, I love playing Thrag Tusk, but let's be real. He probably don't need to be in the standard format anymore. Um, but this guy kind of seems like familiar to me in that aspect, where he can bounce something. Um, you're drawing some cards. That's what Bant does. He's doing exactly what Bant likes to do. You're playing some creatures. You're getting some value. He's he's the ultimate value card. Two four body vigilance can save a dude at instant speed. Can get you some more card draw. Can let you ramp up just a little bit. Oh yeah, I feel like untapping what this guy is. Like as a bent really mage, strong. this guy right here fits it perfectly. This is what you want. What do you see? You see him more like in a mid rangey like shell. Yeah. Do you think he's gonna see play just off the looks of it? We're talking about drawing an extra card and putting extra yeah. land. Down, I, th I think there's going to be a I think there's going to be someone who can find a way to abuse it. Now, with it being legendary, you don't necessarily have to have four of. He's probably more like a two of guy. Yeah, but if they like start printing some creatures that cost zero. Yeah, if they start doing one. anything that can make this guy relevant, yeah, like he artifacts. could instantly be a staple. Yeah, Th this could be a staple. The way that this card reads right now. 
And it re- it's pretty, like, Risen Reef was like, ooh, Risen Reef, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, think about him, like, if he was a damn elemental. That would be even more crazy. Luckily, folks, he's not, so don't trip yeah. out. He is a human druid. But even then, I mean, like, I was already seeing Bant Elemental decks. You put Risen Reef and this guy in the same deck, that's value, value, value town. You can draw two cards and put two lands out. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, especially if you can get him out even a turn earlier. If you can get him out on turn four. Yeah. Which is probably going to happen if you're playing green. Depend on what they do with Mana Dorks. Yeah. I'd like to see Avicen's Pilgrim come back. Me too. Like, I really would. I think, and there and this the way that this set's looking right now with this bank guy you could see a, a mana dort that screen give you a different color mana instead you know it'd be busted though because what i'm seeing right now with that noble hierarch reprint oh yeah that would be noble reprint that would be awesome i mean it's kind of looking like i might be able noble to pick up hierarch we're, we're in camelot fairy tales we Could got a bank-colored uh, creature here. Bank-colored mana. Exalted. That's a night thing, right? Yep. If y'all... Hey, if they come out with the Noble High Art reprint, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, We had major tournaments this weekend, too, man. Yeah, there was a bunch. So, let's start. We had three classics, a GP, a team open. We, let's start with this GP here, man. LSV <coughs> takes it down in Denver. It was low, the lowest attendance for a GP since, since 2006. Yeah. SEG Open had more people did. than the GP. I think with, there was 260-something teams. I think it was like over 800 players. Where this one, the GP had 600 players. Yeah, which normally GPs always have more players. Yep. That's the way magic's changing, man. Yep. These people aren't turning out for GPs. And one reason they're not turning out for GPs, too, is because all the pros have downed GPs so much. So that's all they're... When you talk about a GP, that's all you're hearing is negative. GP negative, 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 negative. They're not telling you if you want to get on the Pro Tour, which is the MPL now, or play in the Mythic Championship, this gives you opportunities to do it. Multiple opportunities. It does. Um, it's just they don't have pro, pro points and all that kind of stuff anymore. So if you're just a regular guy like us and you want to get in the mythic championship going to a gp is probably a good bet for you that's what i think i mean that's why i like to go and they're fun they're an event you know it's fun to go out and 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 be part of that with artists there and uh all this the trade you can get i mean it's just an event man so i didn't know that this bent shape scape shift deck was going to do this good in this event me either but this caught me by surprise i had talked to y'all about it you did uh I kind of just. Was it Friday? I mean, I'll be. I'll be serious. Like I kind of dismissed it a little bit because. Was it Friday? I was talking to you about the Scape Shift deck. Yeah. I was like, dude. Thursday or Friday. The Scape Shift deck's really good now that Teferi's been added. The other decks that was running it, eh. That's. I think that's what happened. I played against the other versions, and they just seemed very mediocre. No, this is what the doctor ordered, <laughs> with all this mono blue and flash and all this other stuff. Like, and here's the thing. The other scapeshift decks, I don't think they really wanted to see Nexus of Fate. Where this one is like, okay, you got Nexus of Fate, cool. I got little Teferi. Like, you better use your blast zones before I get 30 zombies out. <laughs> so, first place, LSV. You got Arboreal Grazer, four. 
four Elvis Rejuvenator, four Hydro Crisis, four Teferi Time Ravelers, two Prison Realm, four Grow Spiral, four Circus. Is it what is it? Circus Route, two Grow from the Ashes, <clears throat> and four Escape Shift. And we're looking at 28 lands. And this lands list is like way down here, so I'm not going to go <laughs> all the way over them. But the just of us is there's four Field of the Dead. There's four Field of the Dead. That's all you need to know. <laughs> when they escape shift, you're looking at 20-something to 30 tokens, okay? Two twos. Cyborg, Crucible of Worlds, Deputy of Detention 2, Ripjaw Raptor 2, Johnny's Welcome 2, Exelon's Binding 2, three Dovin's Vetoes, three Veil of Summers. LSV sneaked in. On breakers, top eight. And what does the Hall of Famer do? Takes it down. Takes it down. He's such Man, I love like anything LSV's talking about, limited, this. I'm just like, I'm I, I always it. take it in. Yeah. Like, there's no reason not to. This dude's a, we're, he's a living legend in the game. So you might as well pay respects for it. You can say, look, this, look, that. It's time after time after time again. Like, he could, if he keeps going, man, and he does, if he gets some more like mythic championship wins, I can see before he goes on to like be like not playing anymore, he could be considered the best in the game. Yeah, he's pretty good. I mean, I mean just, Finkel's considered the best of all time, but nobody ever talks about it. But what if LSV wins four more mythic championships? Yeah, I mean, I really appreciate what he does for just the community. The community everything. Yeah. You're a Hall of Famer on Channel... He, he, it's free content, man. You're not paying for it. Like He could he could be getting he could be charging for all his content, oh, and people sure. would buy it. Yeah, they would. And whenever he's streaming, if you're not watching him stream and you want to get unlimited, that's your own fault. Like, if you're not listening to his podcast and you want to be unlimited, that's your own fault. Because he's the guy, like, I think he's the best limited player to ever play. In my opinion, in yeah. limited. Yeah, he's pretty good. He breaks it all down for you. So this top eight was four Bant Scape Shift decks in the top eight. That's crazy. First, third, fifth, and eighth. The other decks was Simic Nexus, second place. Orzhov Vampires, fourth. Boros Feather, sixth. Jeskai Super Friends, seventh. And really, I don't think Jeskai Super Friends is that bad right now. No, me neither. I think it's in a decent spot. It's just not getting a bunch of play because it lost a lot of momentum whenever Esper became a thing with Elder Spell and all that kind of stuff. But if you wanted to sleeve up, if you still got your Super Friends list sleeved up, I think you can go play it right now and get some good results with it. I do too. I felt so after I saw the Boris Featherman over here in sixth place, I felt bad for him because he didn't have a chance in hell in this top eight. No, he sure did. <laughs> Boris Feather ain't beating no escape shift. I played it. You ain't beating it. You get you get close to trying to beat it. You'll get them down to six or, or four. I mean, not, you can win. Don't get me wrong. Sure, but it, it ain't rough. looking good. No, no, no. It's rough. Orzhov Vampires just keeps on coming back, man. Is this it, it, before rotation? Is this a uh, archetype that here's to stay? Here yeah, to stay. I think that's just like the new low to the ground, like mono white esque deck. And there's nothing new here. This is this is Eric Hawkins, fourth place, four Adanto, four Champion of Dust, two Dust Legion Zealots, four Knight of the Ebon Legion, my boy, four Legion Lieutenants, two Sanctum Seekers, three Sky Marcher Aspirants, three Vicious Cosquisadors, three Cast Down, one Mortify, three Legions Landing. And it looks like they're just going to the three Legions Landing whenever I've been saying, you know what, I like four. But 
in fairness, they're not running the same version that I would necessarily play with like Loxodons. They are all in on the vampire plan and they're going more mid ranging now. Yeah, I think this gives them a little more reach. Yep. Um, sideboard, you're looking at about the same as uh, what it's been. Now they do have two legions in here, which is different. This is something that Esper Control is picking up. Um, exile target creature and opponent controls with converted mana cost two or less and all other creatures that player controls with the same name as that creature. Then that player reveals their hand and exiles all cards with that name from their hand in graveyard for two mana. Not bad. Um, congrats to LSV. Get ready, man. If you don't got a plan for the escape ship deck, you're probably in trouble because it's everywhere right now. I can go ahead and tell you top deck podcast exclusive. But my game plan going forward is, is with the meta change the way it is right now, I think I'm going to try testing and... Uh, Tuning green black. Four assassin's trophies, four filter runes. I like it. With the explore package, not going all in on command the dread horde, but having it available, and uh, being on the Nissa plan, um, cavalier like stuff like being a mid range like green black rock deck. Casualties of war. Casualties of war. Well, I wasn't gonna give that one up, but we'll give it up. <laughs> uh, three of casualties of war. Whenever you start taking out. Lands, planeswalkers, creatures, it's just going to be good right now. It's going to be super good. And this, since the meta just shifted, this is a quick shift. So I got to shift with it. Or I can sit back with my Boris Feather deck and get wrecked by some of these decks, okay? Quick shift. I'm seeing lands come, scape shift. And anytime scape shift's legal, people want to play it. That's what they want to play, okay? So for that to happen, I'm also already told you and Scott that I see a shift coming back for Esper Control. Get, you know your absorbs that you had? They got some dust going there. Yeah, blow those blow them off. off. Absorb. I can see absorb. Search for Zacanta. That kind of stuff coming back. Um, so get those ready. So with all these like creature decks being around for so long, I think Esper Control is going to see it come up. Um, Kai's Wrath seems like so, so good right now. Cry seems so good. So if you if this meta shifts to Bant Scape Shift... Esper Control and all that. I'm just going to go Green Black Rock, Assassin's Trophy, Filter Ruins, and start messing with mana bases and stuff like that. That's kind of where I'm going to be testing right now. I like it. And I think you, after you know we talked about it, you were on the same page. We're going to try to fine-tune it. Um, if we do get a list, we'll post it up so y'all can see it. We feel like it's something. I, I don't want anybody listening to this podcast taking a deck that we think is good to a tournament not getting the results you think because it was the deck's fault. Like, if you're listening here and we're trying to present you a deck, I want it to be a deck that you feel good about. Oh, yeah, Like, you're going to sure. take, and if you did lose, it wasn't really necessarily that deck. Like, you playing that deck, that wasn't the problem. It was maybe, like, you made an error with it, or, like, you got mana screwed, or, or something like that. Like, if we said play, we said play Boros Feather last week. Yep. We did everything we said. We went and played Boros Feather, and Jimmy won the tournament. So if we say, like, I'm not telling you right now, go play green-black, I'm saying that's what I'm looking at. If we do find a list that we think is acceptable, then we'll post it up and we'll say, hey, Oh, yeah, we'll share with up. you guys. Yeah, for sure. So right We're now, open book. Open book. That's what we do. Um, Boros Feather. Are you liking it right now? If you had to go play another IQ. No. <laughs> One hitter quitter. Vanilla yeah. Ice. 
It's a good deck still. It, it is, and, and I enjoyed playing it. But whenever I see all this Bantscape shift and Nexus running around, it just feels so bad. Yeah, I don't think that's where I want to be at. Like, I think you still have it sleeved up. You yeah. definitely want to at least test against it or test with it. And if you can get that matchup a little bit better, then maybe that's something you want to do. But if this is going to go to the Escape Shift, Esper Control, like, that's what Feather's Weakness has been. You don't want to see board wipes and, and not, like... The scapeshift deck doesn't care. It's just going to put 30 tokens out, and that's, yeah, there's nothing gotta, you can do. It's just hard to kill them that quick. Unless you put in some tech that we talked about at Scott's house. Bum, bum, bum. Solar Flare. Doesn't hit any feather creatures. The Legionnaire, but... I mean, hopefully, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Most of the time, your feather's going to be good, your Arcanist is going to be good, Adanto's going to survive. Um, you might have to pay for it, but right. it's still going to survive. <laughs> But it hits pretty much everything else in the format. And I'm not saying load up on them. I'm just saying it could be one of those things that like that wins you the game because you were able to have access to one of them and you draw it at that time. And and when the standard gets this way, that's what you have to do. You have to get the onesies and twosies of to make your matchups just a little bit better or have like this one silver bullet. Oh, yeah, you got to shake them. And so that's what, like, if I was playing Feather right now, I might be testing... A one of or a two of solar. I'd probably test more just to see if it worked well, and then I I might end up if it did. I'd probably put like a one or two of solar flare in. So we had that, and then we had the SCG team open in Philadelphia. Man, I want to play in one of these team opens so they're bad. They're so bro. much fun. I've played in I've played in one, and it's they're they're awesome. Now we don't have the records unfortunately because this was a team open, and so they just had the standard list open right now. And so we'll go over the standard stuff. Because most of you guys listening right now, you're probably on Arena or you're doing something like that. We want to give that access to you. One of my other decks, this is actually, it's funny. These are the two decks that we were deciding on to play. Right? It was Boris, Feather, Jun Dinosaurs. Yep. I was thinking more like Gruel Dinosaurs, but I do like the Jun. I don't know if I like the Splash in the Black just for the one guy because he can be a liability. Either way, it was either, like I told you on the phone that day, it's either Feather or Dinos. I don't know which versions. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm in on Feather. Yeah. Uh, so, John Dinos. Is it Corey Baumeister? I know he play, he's like good friends with Brad Nelson and all that kind of stuff. Takes it down in first place. The list is one Drover the Mighty, four Martyring Raptors, Marauding Raptors, four Autopec Huntmaster, three Regisaur Alphas, four Ripjaw Raptors, four Rotting Regisaurs, Four Shifting Ceratops in the main. That's a good call. Three Galtas. Two Collision Colossus. Four Communion with the Dinos. Two Savage Stomps. Which I don't think anybody was hardly playing that. So it's a Sorcery that costs three. Green, two colorless. Savage Stomp costs two less to cast if it targets a dinosaur. Put a 1-1 counter on target creature you control. Then that creature fights target creature you don't control. So in this deck, it's basically a one-mana Domri's Ambush. Yeah, for dinos. Yep. Um, and then the board thrashing Bronodon, one Theater of Horrors, which thank God somebody else is playing Theater of Horrors right now because I had it as a one of in my Jun deck the other day and I felt like people were looking at me crazy. No, it's so good. So I guess I was on a little something at least as a one of. Three cast down, three flame sweep, which is super good. And this is what I'm talking about, guys. This guy's playing Jun Dinosaurs, right? But he's got the little board sweep in his sideboard. 
It's okay. Sometimes you need it. It's okay to have that solar flare there. Oh, yeah, you can play around your own board wipes. Yeah, for sure. And it just gives you a whole new element that they have to worry about. Two Noxus Grass and three Veil of Summers. I want to know how Veil of Summers has been Me too. Been working. I've seen a lot of people play it, so I'm hoping it's good. Then second place, we had the uh, Boros <coughs> Feathers, but this one had the Tajiks and the Tomics. Yeah, and he was playing a, yeah, and he's playing a main deck of Relia. This this list was pretty interesting to me. I liked it. Well, this is the list that we talked a little bit about the night before, and I told you that I might go that route if there was a bunch of Nisses running around. Just because Tomic, the one of Tomic, like that gave you a little something game one, um, but they were they I had like the more creatures. I like the Tajik. Yeah, yeah. He makes it. I think he makes it where your guys can't uh, your guys can't get burned out. Yep. Um, and then, I mean, it was pretty much. From there, they only had one Gideon in the side. And the Deafening, Deafening Clarion in Which the board. Is something I, that... I like that as the spice, too. Like, really, because you can get your guys to where you can have huge combat phases. Yeah, yeah. And a life swing. Well, and that's something that, with the Naya version with Scott, I actually told him to put a couple of those in his sideboard. I felt like it was better used for his version at the time. Um, because he was a little bit slower, he might need the lifelink a little bit better. And also, he might need the board wipe more because he was a turn slower. Um, but obviously, Nicholas thought it was good in Boris too. Probably actually helped him out a little bit, I would yeah, imagine. I like it. Um, I actually prefer, though, in Boris, I think I want the solar flares. Because you're going to hit the big boys that you need to hit. Whereas Naya Feather can go over the top a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it's something to look out for. You definitely need some kind of this card on the board after playing with it, though, I think. You need Clarion or, or like a Solar Flare effect. Um, so second place was that. Then we had Simic Nexus, Bantscape Shift, Bantscape Shift, Esper Hero, Orzhov Vampires, Jun Dinos. And then you look down, you keep on going down, there's Bantscape Shift, bro. Bantscape Shift, Nexus, Feather, Dinos, Vamps. Esper Hero, randomly. So, I mean, I think you're really looking at, like, you want to play Dinos, which I don't think you want to play if, unless there's, like, a bunch of Mono Red and stuff like that around that you can prey on, or, like, Vamps. Like, it is, I think the Dinos deck has a better Vamp matchup. <clears throat> I think the Vamps matchup is pretty good for them. Oh, yeah, their guys are their guys are bigger. They come out, like, a turn after. Yeah. Um, so, Dinos is around. You can play Boris Feather. You can play Nexus, Scape Shift, and I'm just going to go ahead and keep Esper Hero up there because it's always around. And then you got Vamps. So many good decks to play. So, I think... And that's really just like scratching the top. We've seen so much, so much cool stuff here recently. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Scape Shift wasn't around until recently, so... The meta's shifting. Like, don't get mad whenever you're sticking on Feather... And you start seeing some different stuff pop up, and you're like, ooh, how come I'm not getting the results that I was getting before? It's because the meta's shifting so damn fast. Like, it's time to shift with it. I think I'm going to be focused on this green-black deck or Esper Control. That's kind of where I'm leaning at. Um, I like the way green-black sounds. Yeah, I do too. <coughs> so you had the team open there. There were some sick uh, decks on covers too, man. Bomberman For and Legacy. Legacy. Yeah, um... Um, you had uh, you had Bomberman and Legacy. Then you had what was the other one we had in Modern? You had the uh, Pure Steel Paddling. Yes. 
So the Bomberman and Legacy. Whenever I saw Bomberman, I was like, Bomberman? What's going on? And these dudes were just like going off on people. Oh yeah, that's nuts. Legacy is. Legacy is crazy. So he had three walking ballistas, four Ariok salvagers, four monastery mentors, four Karn the Great Creator. Which if you didn't pick them up, you probably need to pick them up because they're <laughs> seeing modern the Legacy play. I'm glad I got that foil still. I need to get off of that. Uh, four Chalice of the Voids, three Lions, Eye Diamond. Looking for those right now. Four Lotus Petals, four Mishra's Bobble, three Mystic Forge, four Urza's Bobble, three Mox Opals. And then it's just a bunch of one of like artifacts in the sideboard trying to take advantage of the Karn. And yes, they got the uh, Lattice. Lattice. Lattice is in there. Um, this deck was just going bonkers on people, man. It was a fun one to watch. Um, and then in Modern, we were talking about the... Uh, let's let me pull it up here. <coughs> we had that Pure Steel Paddling deck that was putting in work. And this was like basically a storm deck almost. That's what it looked like when it was going off. Oh yeah, that's what it is. So you have pure, <coughs> four Pure Steel Paddlings. Four Stram Senior Edificer, four Quarter Shield, four K through Shield, four Paradise Mantle, four Signal of Distinction, four Spider Silk Neck, one Aladomir's Call, one Noxus Revival, three Repeal, four Retract, four Mox Opal, one Grape Shot, three Serum Visions. Yes. Killing when you Grape Shot, um, a bunch of zero cost. Artifacts, putting them on, pure soul paddling for zero. Yeah, bring them back, replay them. Drawing cards, draw, 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 hit you with grape shot for 20. Yep. Um, but whenever you're watching coverage, it's like people weren't ready for it. Like they were just getting. Oh, no. They were catching them off yeah, guard. Catching them. Um, that was that was fun coverage to watch, man. I always like whenever something newer comes out that hadn't been played and somebody came up with something different. And not saying this hadn't been around or people had done it before, but it was a breath of. Fresh air. Um, first place, though, Shaheen. Sarani. Sarani. Guess what he was playing? Control. <laughs> Not Esper, though. Just straight blue-white. Yep. Um, this deck, man. You know, when we talk about modern, we talk about how you... You, fair decks are not where you want to be yeah. and time and time again this blue-white deck is putting up such good results. I know. It's really hard to dismiss you know fair decks when this blue-white deck is just... It just keeps on getting results. I wouldn't want to play it though if I was going to a modern field because I'm like these people are doing too much busted stuff. Yeah. Like I gotta play fair magic. Um, but hey, it keeps on going. El Trazi Tron popped up quite a bit. Had good results. Um, is it Phoenix? You had four color Urza by Brad Carpenter seventh and Mono Blue Prison rounding out the top eight. You had Hogak Dredge, Mono Red Phoenix Humans, all that kind of stuff. Was Hogak still, still around, people. Yep, Hogak still around. <clears throat> That's Austin Collins piling in that. Um, four Bloodcast, four Carrion Feeders, four Grave Callers, four Insolent Neonites, Neonates, four Sacher Wayfinders. Four Stitcher Supplier, four Vengevine, four Hogak, one Dryad, Dryad Harbor, one Dark Blast, three Fatal Push, four Faithless Looting. Still round. Yep. But now, though, it's more in line with what Modern's doing. Sure, it's more fair. No Altered Dementia at all. Nope. Those Bridge Below is gone, don't need you. And I've been actually testing Hogak and Dredge 
as a one of, and the list are playing him now, but I really wasn't impressed. I felt like he was a little bit more awkward than I wanted him to be. Um, I just was like, if he was a stink with him, he would already be on the battlefield. Right. I mean, it's not, not stink with him, but uh, prize of magma. Um, so that, yeah, man, that was, and then we had a classic too. So we had the, um, the GP, the open, and then the, uh, the classic in Philadelphia. Yeah. There was classic modern, a classic standard and classic legacy. So, so this is a deck that I've been telling Zach, I think that Bant mass manipulation is going to go towards. This is like the Bant mid rangey, like can change into the control shell, right? Yep. This is the Hydroid Crisis 4, 4 Leafkin Druid, 4 Llanowar Elf, 4 Paradise Druid, 4 Risen Reef, 3 Voracious Hydra, 4 Nyssa, 4 Little Teferi, 2 Prison Realm, 2 Finale of Glory. People aren't ready for Finale of Glory. I love that card. I know, man. I was especially, on that I, I know, one, especially when you plush your Teferi, and then you say go and you can do an yeah, EOT. Yeah, you saw me do it like for 10 EOT. Yeah. It was just so good. And I was doing it in the blue-white control shell. Back then, yeah, they're rampant. They're out. rampant right here. Um, Cyborg, Deputy Detention, Frilled Mystics, One Shifting Ceratops. I guarantee you that that card is going to go up in that sideboard with Mono Blue still oh, sticking so around. So good. Three Baffling In, two Ether Gust, two Negate, one Settle the Wreckage. That's a card that we'd been talking about. Is it time for it to come back? Maybe. One Ugin the Inevitable and one Time Wipe. That's probably going to go up to like it. I like to at least have two Time Wipes in those. But first place, man, Bant Midrange. Then, second place, Bant Scape Shift. Third place, Bant Scape Shift. Fourth, Mono Red. So, Mono Red could not beat either Bant Scape Shift or the Bant Midrange deck. That's crazy. Yeah, that's what I think. Especially, I would think that it That's would, the most aggressive deck we have in the format. And I would think that it would be able to take down Scape Shift. <laughs> Did it get paired with Bant Midrange, though? Because Bant Midrange could have... Yeah, that, I mean, that, that could have been what happened. Mono Red in fifth. Esper midrange and sixth, which is basically the hero precinct one deck with the elite guard mages. That's the only two creatures. So is Esper hero. Um, another bant midrange in seventh. And they're, this is kind of similar to the other one. Grow spirals. You got frilled mystics, four of instead. Um, Voracious Hydra showing up in both of those lists. That's a card I really liked, man, whenever I got played. Like, I was impressed with that card whenever I got played on it. It got played on me, anyway. And then you got Jun Dinos running out the top eight in the Classic. So, and Esper Control was almost there in ninth place. You got some Mono Blue down there. Orzhov, Bant Midrange, Sultai Flies, Bant Scape Shift, Bant Midrange. So, Bant Midrange in the Classic seems like the big oh, winner to me. Oh, yeah, it was taking over. So, I wonder, like, I guess in the Open, nobody was really playing that, probably, because it was a team Open. I mean, it's so hard to nail like the results like of each decks in the opens. Yeah. Just because, I mean, to be honest, somebody in first place, one person on their team could have not won a whole match the entire tournament. Yeah. And then still win. Got carried and got. The not sure that I'm pretty sure that's not what happened, but you just never know. Hey, if I get the trophy and you carry me, I'm yeah. in. <laughs> um, so Bant mid range, man. Maybe that's an archetype to look at. I like it. I'm a fan of it. Um. I actually went up to Mythic quite a bit with that last Bant Midrange deck that I played. And people it was it was like it was like I had the answers for all the decks, but I wasn't doing the crazy most powerful thing. Yeah. And you so, were pretty good against everything. Yeah, I, I just had like maybe a fifty fifty matchup on everything, pretty much. 
Um, so big, huge weekend for Magic, man. If you were a Magic fan and you you had IQs everywhere, you had team opens, you had classics, you had GPS. I mean, you had everything. So what's next for the top deck team? What's going on? What are we up to now? Vegas. That's the next. That's the Vegas. next big thing for us. I think it's Vegas. Yep. I think I'm gonna. I might swing through Orlando for MCQ in about two weeks. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not locked in on that one yet. Yeah. So we're actually gonna be doing some uh, Modern Horizons drafts, man. Yep. I'm excited about that. I haven't got to do it yet. The tickets are already ready. We're actually after the podcast. We're gonna start doing some and maybe. I think we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do one first. Let's see how it goes. And then I might stream some. Yeah. <laughs> um, but getting ready for that, man. So standard, like for me, usually I'm all in on trying to like mythic and all that kind of stuff. I've kind of put it a little bit on the back burner this month because I'm playing more modern and want to do some uh, horizon drafts because that's what Vegas is gonna be about. And I figure that like what's gonna be better, being mythic and arena or go win a GP. That's right. And, so, yeah, and there's a modern GP, too, in yeah, Vegas. Yeah, and so I want to be prepared for that. I want to get a lot of reps in with Dredge, because even if there's going to be graveyard hate and all that kind of crap, I'm not taking Butter Knife. No, they got to have it. So I'm just going to be on Dredge, man. That's what I'm going to do. I just need to get more reps with it, and then um, see about this this uh, Modern Horizons draft. It's going to be sealed into draft, right? Top eight draft. Yep. So we make it. Well, it's sealed day one, and then day two, there's two draft pods. Oh, see, I'm in. And then they do a cut to top eight, and then top eight, if you make top eight, it's a third draft. I'm in. Like, I want to learn this format just as much as I know standard right now. And if I go, like, every sealed pool, there's going to be a deck that you can go to the top eight with. Oh, for sure. Or if it's like day two. Yeah, at least day two. I don't care how bad it is. You got to build the right deck, and I want to know all the archetypes. I want to know exactly what my opponent's got in his hand, what I think he's got in his hand, what I got to play around, and I'm gonna go shot the world, baby. I'm ready. Shot the world. It's my time. My time to shine. I'm tired of being the one and three guy. <laughs> no more. I gotta bounce back. I gotta go back to the old. I got. I gotta go look at my damn top eight pins and 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 just sit there and stare at them for about in thirty minutes and say, "You've done this before. You can do it." Yeah, you can. Man. You can do it. We're gonna get there. All right, guys. Thank you all so much, man. A little bit longer episode today, but hey, I think it was a fun episode. We had a lot to talk about, bro. We did it. Did our thing. We got the IQ winner. Came back. Finally. Came, came back to Panama City with a win. And here's the thing, man. Jimmy hadn't uh, got a top eight, you said, like, in a year. Yeah, it's been a long time. And so, like, for us getting back in together and, and doing our thing now, now we're, we got our first result, man. Yep. Congratulations, brother. Thank you. Thank you Thank you to all everyone who's following us, supporting us. It's, it's This has been so much fun. Oh, yeah. We're having a blast with it. Hope to see you all next time. This is the Top Deck Podcast.